0: And bonjour, you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Hey, it's July, July 7th show. So uh, I hope everybody that has pets got through that uh, wild 4th of July. (laughs) Izzy did really well, so I am very, very happy. It didn't really scare her. Made her a little attentive. She's like, what are all these booms and bangs, but didn't scare her. So uh, I'm really happy for that. I'm probably deaf from having the TV turned up so high, though. <laughs> and they had to sit in that hot room with all the doors shut. But, hey, we got through it. Hey, um, I want to say hi to all the folks that uh, came to see our garden uh, this week. So we had a real nice tour of uh, a bunch of really wonderful people um Some more able than others. So it was kind of a group that comes to see gardens that uh, helps people that uh, just need a little help in society. And uh, so it was really wonderful to have everybody come see the garden. The only problem was this was the second tour we've had since we've gotten Izzy. And uh, in the first one, Izzy was so good that we had some of Mary's homemade Uh, biscotti there and uh, you know everything she was really a good girl didn't try and get on the table or eat anybody's biscotti this one was a little different so they brought out the food put it on a table and uh, before I could even move Izzy was up there checking the menu shall we say (laughs) luckily she kinda of looked at everything before she took a bite. She was deciding which looked the best, I think. And uh she was not a good girl for that tour. So <laughs> sorry about that part, but everything else was great. Mary took uh Izzy for a walk and that solved everything. So but it was really fun having you there. So thanks a lot for coming. Okay. So uh few things to let you know, and that is that uh In July, I've only got two talks scheduled for July right now, which is very unusual for me. But uh, I think that's probably everybody needs a rest now and then. All you folks that come to all my talks probably are like, oh, thank goodness, he's out of the way for a while. But uh, hey, don't think you got rid of me yet. So in July, I'm going to be at the Auburn uh, Farmers Market. That's a really nice market. And I'll be there on Sunday, July 15th. So that's next Sunday at noon. And then on July 22nd, another Sunday, I'll be at the Whidbey Island Fair. So I'll be looking forward to seeing all you folks there. And that, I'll be there at 1 p.m. So that's July 22nd. So uh, I know Mary's put in my talks for August but she hasn't had time to put any details in. But I'm giving a lot of them in August, and I hope lots of you come. All right. Hey, uh, so every week I keep going, hey, I promise I'll tell that product that people have been telling me about. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not getting paid by them to tell you about this or anything. But, uh, you know, we've got this crazy uh, wabbit uh, epidemic going on in Seattle and Bellevue, Everywhere I go, Auburn, people are saying, yeah, there's rabbits everywhere, you know. And two years ago, I never saw a rabbit in my neighborhood in northeast Seattle. They're everywhere now. They're just walking down the sidewalk while you take a walk during the day. It's unbelievable. So there's two things you could try that I know of right now. So you could put in a life-size poster of Elmer Fudd that's guaranteed to work, but uh, if you don't want to try that, <laughs> and getting a wiener dog might help, too, as long as wiener dog has access to all your gardens, but it might destroy your garden chasing and the rabbit through it, but there is a product now. Let me uh, start by saying I've never tried this product, so I can't say for sure that it works. But I somebody called the show some time ago and said it really works for them. And now I've gotten an email from someone that said it works for them. So uh so maybe it works. I, I looked up the product. It's called Plant Skid Repellent. So it's plants and then it's plant and then S K Y D D Repellent. And it's made out of pig blood and some other blood. And Mary's like, well, why wouldn't you just use blood meal? And I, I, all I could say is there might be something in the smell of this stuff that's different. A lot of people use blood meal to try and keep deer and other animals out because the deer smells that and thinks somebody got eaten up in the garden, you know. (laughs) So, and usually that's supposed to keep them out. But... uh, you know, all I can tell you is, like uh, some of the other products I've talked about on the show, like I know my buddy Nita Joe Roundtree uses Bobx to keep deer out of her garden now. She lives right in the middle of Bellevue and has deer in her garden. It's unbelievable, but uh, she's used Bobex, but uh, it worked pretty good except for it, it wore her down. She didn't put it down, put it on again in time. And because of that, uh, the deer were back. So uh, any of these things, you got to apply them rather often. But this is uh, dried pig blood, and uh, I think it's a granular thing. And you put it out in the garden, and um, I can only tell you this. My sister-in-law had a beautiful vegetable garden. It was eaten by rabbits. Those those weren't just silly wabbits. (laughs) They were nasty bunnies is what they were. So <laughs> so anyway, plant skid repellent. I did a search where they sell it, and I saw that it's supposed, they're supposed to have it at Mallbacks. I haven't called them up to ask them or anything. So, hey, uh, if you try it, will you let me know? I want to know if this stuff really works because I'm in terror. I've got this beautiful border out there in the front garden, and I do not want crazy rabbits eating it, okay? Hey, uh, all right. Uh I got a couple more seconds just to tell you what's coming up. So I wanna let you know about some uh let's see, is this the right one? Uh yeah. So hey, uh this weekend the Watcom Horticultural Society is having their thirty second annual tour of private gardens. So it's today and tomorrow. It goes till five PM, starts at uh eleven. So uh Five lovely city and country gardens. The Georgetown Garden Walk is tomorrow, July 8th, from 10 to 5. And so you get to stroll all these gardens of a standard Seattle size. But you also visit artist studios while you're walking around, hear live music, and it's a totally free tour. So to get tickets, or maps anyway, on... They're available the day of tours, so that's tomorrow, at the Bank of America parking lot down there in Georgetown. It's at 1112 South Bailey Street. So that sounds—I've gone to uh, garden tours at Georgetown. It's fantastic. They have great gardens. Sounds like they're putting on quite a show. Hey, Edmonds and Bloom, that's next Sunday— July 15th, from 11 to 4, they got seven beautiful gardens, including, get this, a 10-acre waterfront estate in Woodway. Oh, la, la. I didn't know there was a 10-acre waterfront estate anywhere in Washington anymore. So, uh, sounds pretty cool. I'd like to go to that one myself, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Okay. So, hey, listen, we're going to take a break. I'm flying totally solo today, so I'm hoping that, you know, I don't do too many soliloquies today. <laughs> so give me a call, will you? one 973 5476 973 Cairo is the number. Okay, hey, listen, we'll be back right after this on 97.3 Cairo
1: FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Brought to you by PacificTopSoil.com and molebacks in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco.
0: And ooh la la. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in on this kind of nice, uh, not-too-hot-out uh, Saturday anyway. Hey, let's go to Daniel and Everett. Hey, Daniel, what's happening?
2: All right. So, I have... Uh... Japanese knotweed. Oh, and, uh, as we're researching, it sounds like it's it's going to be a, nearly impossible to get rid of. We're just we have a, a lot of acreage, and we found it a few different spots throughout the the uh, acreage there and in our in our our lawn.
0: Yeah, and we're
2: just uh, seeing what advice you have.
0: Well, you know, and I'm not going to have the best advice. So, Japanese knotweed, also called false bamboo is just a really difficult weed to get rid of. Do you believe it was brought to this country and planted to stop erosion? And uh, the the Japanese Uh, people actually eat it when it's in the earliest stages of growth. Unfortunately, unless you... I heard that. You're going to have to get a lot of Japanese people to move into your neighborhood or something because... uh, So I'll tell you what we did at Seattle U. The problem is I keep forgetting to ask the gardeners there. (laughs) They're all my good buddies. But I always forget when I see them to ask them if if our experiment ever worked. So what we did, we started, we cut it down, we sprayed it with straight white vinegar. And we used that for our dandelion killer. We used it for a lot of uh, weeds, and it works on all kinds, even uh, like Canadian thistle really well. But it didn't work very well on Japanese knotweed. So what I asked the guys to do was, I said, move anything of any quality away from this spot where we've got this gigantic patch of Japanese knotweed. We just started pouring vinegar on it. (laughs) And uh, I'll tell you, it... It did a number on it. It just beat the tweet a lot of the stuff, but um, I don't know. I was right when I quit my job at Seattle U to go do more TV and do other things, and to this day I never did find out if they finally beat it or not. So you could, you know, do your own experiment. But that's about the best thing I know of is. Uh, is vinegar on a hot sunny day, and we poured it right, right. on. You're, the problem is, you probably won't be able to grow anything in that spot if you do what we did. We didn't care; we just wanted to get rid of it. We, you know, we tried to dig it out several times. Uh, we didn't use many powerful poisons, but I have friends that do, and they told me nothing seems to ever really kill it. So,
2: yeah, that, that's what we're afraid of. I mean, we have in our in our lawn. I just keep mowing it, you know, with lawnmower, yeah. and it keeps it short, but it doesn't seem <laughs> to to kill it. No. I, I read that, you know, if you do it enough, it should kind of kill it out, but it's been a couple of years, and it hasn't seemed to make a dent in it.
0: Yeah, you know, some of these plants, they can, they can leaf out so low to the ground, so mowing works if they can't do that. But if plants can just keep leafing out close to the ground, make enough food, then that mownum doesn't get rid of them. And uh, so, I, I yeah, it's a, it's a really tough weed and tough to get rid of. You know, whoever brought that over to this country should be, you know, they should be cut off from Brussels sprouts for the rest of their life. That's all I got to say, you know. so
2: Absolutely. It is a horrible
0: it's horrible and you know, uh, we put plywood over it.
2: <laughs> we didn't
0: it would come up on the outside of the plywood no matter how big a plywood we put on it. So, I, yeah, you know, yeah,
2: I read about that.
0: Yeah, I don't know of any way to get uh-huh. rid of it. I th- I promised that I'll email some of my buddies at Seattle U and ask them if it actually did work, but you know what my guess is? It probably didn't work. And you, and you couldn't do well, that in your lawn. You'd have a dead spot in the lawn eternally, you know. Right. So.
2: Yeah, what well, we were going to try, uh, we have some of it in our pasture. We were going to try to excavate it and see if it was a tractor, if we dig it up.
0: It won't, it know, won't work. It, we tried it won't work. to, we dug so deep to get rid of it.
2: How How deep did you
0: dig? I don't remember, but we dug, you know, to where we thought we had the whole root ball, and it was huge. And got it out of there, and it just came right back. It was like, oh, that felt good, you know? (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, it's tough to get rid of I you know, I don't know. Now, if anybody out there in radio land has a better idea or you know, knows what works, I I wouldn't recommend, you know, horrible poisons cuz I don't like those, but uh but um Yeah, we, yeah, we want to avoid that
2: obviously.
0: Yeah. But if somebody ever has dug it out successfully, let us know, you know, cuz I'd love to know about that, but uh we dug it and it came back and People told me when we dug it, they said, you're not getting rid of that that way. And we had a little backhoe on our tractor, and we used that for that job. I remember that. So, I see. Yeah, so uh, so I recommend moving, and I do it in winter when it's kind of dormant so that nobody notices the stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I don't have any good news for you on this.
2: Well, I was hoping you had something, but all right, well uh we'll keep we'll keep searching.
0: Hey, and if you figure so, it out, please let me know. I'll be the hero of telling everybody else about it.
2: Yes, I will.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Hey Daniel, thanks so much for the call. See you later. All right. Okay, bye. bye. Yeah, you don't know, I don't know how it even got to Seattle, you the false bamboo. I have no idea how it but it was in one area of the campus And it was big. And and I have just a second to say a quick story. One time, it was coming up like mad. And we grew uh, real bamboo around it. And uh, so it kind of hit it. And it was an area where things were confined. So I wasn't afraid to plant bamboo over there. And uh, so one time I said, a work-study student said, hey, go cut down all that false bamboo over there. I just... I don't want anybody to see it because we get a lot of complaints and things. And uh, she looked funny, and I said, you do know what false bamboo is, right? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. She cut all the bamboo right to the ground and left the false bamboo standing up right before the trustees at the university walked by the area. So that was great. <laughs> but the bamboo did come back, but the false bamboo is probably there. Okay, we're taking a break. The news is about to come on on 97.3 Cairo FM.
1: You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Hey, welcome back. And
0: Gina, thanks for waiting through the news over in Kent. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hey, just fantastic. How about you?
1: I'm doing okay. I have two questions that time allows. All right. And I'll ask the first one telegraphically, uh, which is the most important to me. Raised beds, soil rich in organic. Six plants of eggplants. Three are uh, black beauty. Three are Japanese style. They're not planted um, all all the same in the same row. I mean, they're in the same area, but there's one and one and one and one. Anyhow, three of uh, the three that are, I think, the Japanese eggplants are withering. The leaves are shriveling, turning yellow. And all three are dying. the other three have no problem whatsoever.
0: what's going on boy that's a great question i'm not sure i'm going to know the answer to that one there are it There are diseases that do attack eggplant, and maybe those that Japanese uh type uh got one, but it could be did you plant them all at the same time?
1: Planted all at the same time. It, yes,
0: well, I'm just, they were in a
1: greenhouse. They were in a greenhouse okay. while the weather was bad, and then they were transplanted all at the same time. Same soil, same treatment, same watering, same everything.
0: Okay. That well, you know, I just suspect that uh, for some reason those Japanese ones either they couldn't handle a cold night, possibly because. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese eggplants, all eggplants need heat. They hate cold with a passion. They hate cold soil. So it could be that that variety is more susceptible to cold than the other variety that you planted, and it just got hammered. It only takes one really cold night and can cause some pretty severe damage. Now, I may be totally off the mark. It might have something to do with... uh, It could be that they were susceptible to some disease they hit.
1: Okay. The second question, in uh, uh, my raised beds, in some of them, I have, I think it's called bindweed. It winds up like a snake on anything it finds. The roots go so far deep. I keep pulling it out, and it seems to say, thank you very much. I needed that, and it comes up again. Any idea?
0: I was having a problem with my microphone. And uh, so.
1: Oh, okay. I'm I just still moved here.
0: to another mic. <laughs> That's <laughs> never happened before. Hey, so. Okay. So, bindweed, by the way, I should tell you, I've got it all through all my perennial gardens. And I've been fighting it for over 30 years. And it's still there. Cause. Causing total misery for me, so uh, I guess the best thing I could tell you is to just keep pulling it and pulling it as quick as you can. Is it in your food garden?
1: It's in the vegetable garden. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, you could you could try using Roundup to get rid of it if you really want to. There is one uh-huh. way that works. If but. I I won't use Roundup in my veggie garden, but no. you know here's you know one thing you could try, and eh, no, that won't work either. All right, what I would do if you if you want to do this, try this cure. What you do is you you mix up Roundup like you're going to spray it. You do this in late summer. Doesn't even work this time of year at all. In late summer. Bindweed knows it's going to be dormant all winter, so it tries to store as much energy as it can possibly store in its roots in the fall so it gets a really good start in spring to make your life miserable. So what you do is in the fall, before it starts dying back, but late summer, like a little bit after mid-August, you just take the bindweed, you don't pull it out of the ground, You very carefully bundle it up, ball it up, and put it in a container with Roundup mix like you're going to spray it. Leave it in there. And I use something like, you know, uh, some kind of sticks or something to pick it up, put it in, and take it back out. And um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then what you do is you leave it in the, the Roundup for like 15 minutes to just suck up all that stuff you can. Then you carefully take it out without harming the the morning glory or bindweed plant. And then what it'll do is it'll send a ton of that Roundup down to the roots. And usually that actually kills the plant. Because spraying anything like that doesn't work. Trying to pull it out never works. Any of that. And that does work, but usually one year may not even do it. It might take two or three years of doing this before you
1: finally win. I'll just keep pulling and be happy to know that even the great Cisco has it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be pulling bindweed for the rest of my life, but it gives me something to really complain about, you know. (laughs) We all need that.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for your answer. I appreciate
1: it. Okay. Thanks so much for the call. Thank you.
0: Goodbye. Okay, bye. All right. We will take a break right here. And uh, when we come back, I'll organize my computer a little so I can figure out what's going on. Uh, Because I'm at a different uh, desk right now. And uh, then I'll keep answering those questions. So I hope you'll give me a call. And it's 1-888-973-5476. 973 973 Cairo fm
1: This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: Okay, all the technical problems are taken care of. (laughs) And I'm back at my usual spot here. If if you're watching on uh, the podcast or however you do that, Hey, but right now, we're going to go talk to Liz in West Seattle. Hey, Liz, what's going on?
1: Hi, Cisco. Um, I have a parodia persica. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. And uh, I've had it in the ground at about for about five years. It's uh, Facing west gets good sun. And it starts the season uh, great, green. I water it regularly. And then the end of the branches... Turn brown, and it's not dried leaves. They just turn brown of all the new leaves uh, at the end of the branches, not not uh, not the closest to the trunk. So I don't know what it, if it's normal or if I'm doing something wrong.
0: So on this Parodia persica, which is a spectacular tree, famous for the best fall color, it's in the witch hazel family. Uh, so it's it's the new leaves in fall that turn brown or the older leaves turn brown
1: the new ones
0: the new ones okay it's it's one of a couple of things, so what's the soil like where that protea is planted? Is it pretty clay, kind of yes. tough, yeah, so I think you're getting root rots going on that oh. protea. See, parodia, it's actually a pretty drought-tolerant tree, but it doesn't really like too much baking hot sun. That tree does best in morning sun. We grew it in shade a lot at Seattle University. can handle shade pretty good. Uh, it colors up better if it gets some sun, though. But, um, so if that tree is in a sunny spot... And it's in clay, then what I suspect, you're watering to keep it growing well and everything. And I think what's happening is because the clay is holding way too much water, it's rotting the roots on your tree. And so oh. so as the summer goes along and the heat gets hotter, because of the uh, deteriorating root system that it's got, it can't get enough water to keep the new growth green. And so that's why that's dying out. So I don't know if you could do this or not, and I don't know how big your tree is, but if it's not huge, this winter when it's dormant, if it were me and you love this tree, I would dig that tree up and really almost bare root, take all that clay off the roots as gently as you can with water, and you can do this in the winter. And then uh, either plant it in a new spot where it's not quite so sunny, and uh, but still nice and bright spot or morning sun would be perfect. And if it's clay where you're going to plant it, build a big berm of, uh, bring in uh, potting soil, build a big berm and plant it up on top of the berm. And then you'll have that... Uh, Parodia persica for years and years after that. But I'm afraid if if you leave it where it is, I think it's going to be awful tricky to water that uh, in a way that keeps it going, and I think it may just die in time.
1: Okay. Well, that's helpful. We'll do that in the winter and hope for the best
0: then. Great. Yeah, hope for the best. Someday uh, if you come to a talk I'm doing, or anything, let me know what happens, okay? I want to save that tree. Yeah,
1: okay. Thank you, Cisco. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Liz. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. All right. So I've got some time, but I don't have any calls, so I'm going to mention an email that came to me this week. It was from John, and he said uh, he's got horsetail in his garden, and he heard that casseron would stop the horsetail from coming up. and uh, But he also wanted to know, he doesn't really want to use poison, so he's wondering if weed cloth would work better. So uh, having fought horsetail for years at Seattle University, I could tell you that Casseron uh, has a lot of things that aren't good about it. I don't want to get in a war with a Caseron company or anything, and, uh, and there may be a use for that stuff. I don't know. But the way casseron works, it's a pre-emergence herbicide. You put it down on the ground where you've already weeded quick, and then you have to cover it with a mulch to hold this gas, and it makes a gas between the mulch and the soil surface, and uh, it kills any weeds that are trying to come up through it. And I I... From everything I understand, it does stop horsetail from coming up. So if you're willing to use poison like that, it might work. But here's the problem. There have been studies, and it does harm some plants. You can't grow any bulbs in the area. Anything that comes up from rhizomes, roots that move, usually it'll kill those, Uh And it's been known to harm roses and other plants in areas where you use it. And then I'm not at all sure it's the best thing for the health of your family or you to have that in your garden. And you got to replenish it, I think, every six months. I'm not sure about that one, but it's something like that. So in my uh, humble opinion... That's a bad way to go. It's temporary. it's gonna slowly but surely probably harm other plants or in the bed where you're using it and it uh, might not be good for you, especially to put it out and all of that so uh what's another option? Well, the weed cloth, as you mentioned, it'll work for a while, but you gotta you've gotta somehow put it around the plants you have, or if you want to plant a plant, you gotta poke a hole in it, and weed cloth is a fabric supposed to let water and air get through to the roots and stop anything from coming up. Well, horsetail is going to find the hole where the plant is, <laughs> and it's just going to come up there. And then as soil and things, as mulch breaks down, because you got to hide this weed cloth that looks horrible, as it breaks down, then the horsetail is just going to live on top of the weed cloth, and you have to get rid of the weed cloth at some point to— to do anything, that's a real mess. And uh, I never had to get rid of weed cloth because I never used it. But at Seattle U, they had put black plastic down in a big area before I got there. Getting that out was one of the worst jobs that my crew and I ever did at SU. We were just complaining and swearing. (laughs) It was horrible. And then we had to get rid of all the black plastic. Uh, So, as you can tell, I don't think either idea is going to work. So that leaves two options moving in winter when there's no horsetail, and, you know, houses are selling for a lot around here right now. <laughs> and make sure stay in an apartment till summer and then make sure there's no horsetail where you move into. Or uh, you could do what we did at Seattle You We hid the horsetail, we never defeated it. It's it's day of the weeds on this show, but. Uh, just like I've never, you know, defeated bindweed. But what we did do was we uh, planted tall evergreen shrubs in a lot of areas, tall perennials. We even used some uh, uh, special um, geraniums that spread really fast and grew really tall. And uh, we totally hid the horsetail. Now, there were some areas we couldn't do that by doorways where we wanted to have really pretty gardens that didn't grow so tall. So we did we weeded those once a week. But in all the areas where we had evergreen shrubs and things, no one ever saw the horsetail. No one knew it was there. And we didn't get those constant complaints because horsetail is a horrible, horrible weed. So, so in other words, there's no hope. And uh, wood chips doesn't stop it either We tried that We put them down six inches thick in areas And the horsetail comes right through it It's just a matter of time So so there's absolutely no help And I think moving is your only good option Okay That's probably the last time John's going to ever email me I'll tell you that much right now Hey Brian, thanks a lot for another great show Thanks for solving my uh, mystery problem there And everyone, get out and enjoy this wonderful weather, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.